right, hello and welcome to Asked and Answered. This is Revision Legal's podcast where we talk about uh, intellectual property and business law issues. And uh, we have a special guest today from Grey Ghost Detroit, David Vermiglio is with me. Thanks for having me. How's it going? Good, good, busy. We're we're taping this on a Monday night, um, both after work and both put the kids to bed successfully, I think, right? also successfully reviewing uh, insurance proposals mm-hmm. and also selecting how we want the accordion doors in the restaurant to look. So, yeah, that's the life of uh, <laughs> of people with well, with you with two jobs, right? Yeah, three actually. I three. Okay, so before we get into that, let's talk about what is Grey Ghost Detroit. What are you sure. guys doing? Sure. So, uh, so Grey Ghost Detroit is. Uh, Really, uh, as cheesy as it sounds, kind of a dream come true uh, for myself and uh, my identical twin brother, John. But this restaurant was uh, born out of uh, the career paths that John and I selected. Um, John, uh, and I'll refer to him as Chef John several times throughout this, so uh, that's normal every day. Uh, (laughs) But uh, so Chef John... Went to culinary school uh, right out uh, right out of high school, and uh, I went into accounting. And so, um, we obviously being twins, we're very close. And uh, the idea of working together um, on a restaurant was something that we had always dreamt of doing, um, and really spent the last uh, the better part of the last <clears throat> fifteen or sixteen years uh, talking about about making this a reality. And so, um, gray ghost is, is that reality. That's so, great. Yeah. That, I mean, that's really cool. So I didn't know that this really was the plan for, for a decade. Yeah, it was. And, and it was, uh, so we both left Chicago or excuse me, left Detroit, uh, or the Detroit suburbs, uh, after high school, I went to Chicago and John went to, uh, Providence, Rhode Island. And, uh, and he moved to Chicago, um, after he was done with culinary school, he has a, a bachelor's degree in culinary arts from Johnson and Wales. Um, and he moved to Chicago with me and, uh, and he had a career path that was any young chef's dreams as far as working for, um, you know, some of the best chefs, uh, in the world, really, um, you know, just to drop a name or two, uh, he, you know, he headed up Charlie Trotter's catering operation and he was, um, the executive sous chef, uh, for, uh, chef Art Smith, uh, whose notoriety is from his time as Oprah's personal chef. And he also worked with Graham Elliott of master chef on Fox. Yeah. So he, uh, you know, so he really got kind of a first class education as far as, not only perfecting his trade as a chef, but he was also afforded the opportunities to open uh, a fair amount of restaurants. Um, and his last role in Chicago was with uh, Chef Matthias Murgis, who was uh, previously worked under Charlie Trotter. And he, John worked with him for the last four or five years as his director of culinary operations and opened up uh, five restaurants with him. And so it uh, it really afforded him the opportunity to to um, learn under some uh, some brilliant proteges, but also uh, get what I like to call the Harvard education of opening up a restaurant with someone else's money. 
<laughs> True. That's, that's, that's a nice position to be the in. Key, yeah, sure. so we really had talked about it for a long time, and it wasn't uh, until I decided to leave Chicago uh, to move back to Detroit that it really kind of came closer to reality, and that was I sat down with my brother a couple of days before I left, and I had been moving back for my wife, um, and I said to him, are we going to open up this restaurant? And if we are, are we going to do it in Detroit? And, um, and if we aren't, then I'm going to move back to Chicago after uh, my wife is done with school. He said, no, we'll do it in Detroit. And so uh, I moved here with no, no plan on moving back to Chicago and then spent the last uh, three or four years searching for the right opportunity. And then this opportunity fell right into my lap as far as Grey Ghost goes. So so what? So what's the plan um, for Great Ghost? You know, where are you going to be located? What kind of restaurant are you going to be? Um, where are you in general in the process right now? So, um, so we are officially underway, and we're about a month into construction. Um, freshly poured floors today, um, but uh, really, this uh, Great Ghost was was really uh, born. Uh, although born nameless, uh, it was born really about a year ago today. Um, and that was when we found the location. And so we're going to be located uh, on the corner of Woodward and Watson. We'll actually be off of uh, Watson. So for those that are familiar with Woodward as kind of the main corridor of Detroit, we'll be a little bit off of that path, kind of closer to the neighborhoods, more specifically the Brush Park neighborhood. But, you know, our landmark of note is the new Red Wings arena, uh, right. which is basically a stone's throw from where we are. So we're with this location was, it was previously a uh, specialty grocery store mm-hmm. and uh, the tenant uh, left uh, in, I believe it was 2010, although I can't, can't quote that. Uh, and, uh, and so the building was vacant. And uh, when we found it, we met with the, the now owner of the building and um, and kind of pitched him this idea. And so what Grey Ghost is, and it, um, and and I say unnamed because it took us about six, maybe eight months to actually come up with the name. Sure. Um, but what Grey Ghost is uh, is uh, a meat centric uh, restaurant and cocktail bar. And so the idea behind Grey Ghost is really to um, and where meat centric came from is really the idea that we're going to play into what would ordinarily be um, a butcher shop and, and kind of the end product for for what would what you would pick up in a in a butcher shop. So a lot of you know cured meats, mm-hmm. um, diff, you know chicken, steak, you know lamb, um, certainly pork, um, but really prepared in different ways and prepared um, in in a way that'll match you know what's fresh and what's local. Yeah. Um, I mean, so that sounds phenomenal. I mean, the location sounds like it could not have worked out better. No, re- the location really was, uh, that was a game changer for us. I mean, I think it was really a, from an investment standpoint, it really helped us steer in the right direction as far as um, getting investors, because obviously the restaurant game is a little bit sticky. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. And you bring up a good point, And I think, you know, one of the things I'd like to do is kind of touch on a couple of legal issues that you guys have encountered on your on your progress to those, but in investments, one of those. But before we get to that, how exciting is it to be a part of Detroit 
now. I mean, I'm we're both actually from the same area and uh, in Metro Detroit, and I live on the west side of the state now, but. I certainly look with envy on Detroit and it's just a renaissance yeah. and rebirth. And I have another friend from high school that's starting a restaurant, um, gold cash gold that's been open for a year and a half, maybe. And there just seems to be such life down there now. Yeah. It, it was funny when, when everyone asked why I was moving from Chicago back to Detroit, um, you know, part of it was uh, obviously my family's here, um, and and my my wife was here. But really, the uh, you know the opportunity to to be a part of kind of this renaissance uh, is really what what drove this uh, restaurant. So I spent uh, a lot I spent a lot of time reading different articles about different restaurants and different uh, opportunities in the city. And I always had this feeling at the bottom of my stomach that although I was really excited about what was going on in the city, I was just so jealous that it wasn't us that were doing it. Um, and so it's, it's nice uh, to be a part of that. But that feeling is really driven out of the fact of how incredible it is to see all of the different opportunities that are coming up in Detroit and the different people that are in Detroit that are doing this. And, yeah. and, and it really, um, you know, I think I can say this with, you know, with pretty, or I guess the best word way to put it would be a lot of certainty, uh, if I can talk, but you know, this was the city that we were going to be able to get it done. Right. Because we had this opportunity. There's so much available land and available buildings and, and that sort of thing. Of course, it's starting to get gobbled up along the way here, but, right. um, but it's certainly much easier to find a location, you know, here than it would be to, to try to open something up in, uh, in New York. For, yeah, for yeah oh, definitely. And it's nice just to, you know, Moving to Chicago is basically a rite of passage if you grow up in Metro Detroit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's what everyone does. You go yeah. to school, you get a degree, you move to Chicago. I mean, that's it. I mean, I, so many of my friends um, did that for good reason. That's where there's jobs. You know, yep. that's where the opportunity is. And yeah, it was it was a great place to go to school. And it was a great place to live for, uh, you know, I was almost there for 10 years. And it was an incredible place to 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 be um and it's still a great place to visit but you know one of the things that you know that you that you don't get to see in chicago is really kind of a blank canvas because everything is so built up and in detroit you know there literally is blocks of land that are completely empty that um that have started to get built up yeah. and that's something that you don't get to see in a major city and um but really i think detroit more so than any city that I've been to, just the pride of being from Detroit and kind of that hometown um, spirit. It, it's so big here. And, and so, you know, this is really, Gregos is really a, um, a product of our, you know, desire to be in the city and also um, be a part of the, the rebirth of yeah. So, yeah, that's tremendous. That's a, just a whole other level of energy to add on to it. And it's just great to see, you know, Detroit's, you know, I think we've all been waiting for Detroit to, yeah. to get here for a very long time. And, and it seems to always be in, just on the cusp of really getting back. But going out to eat in downtown Detroit was unheard of when I was in high school. Like no one, nobody would do that. Yeah. Um, I mean, certainly not anyone from the suburbs. Um, yeah. and I think that that has completely changed and it's only, it's only getting better. So 
So let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, some of the people listening today will have similar ideas. Maybe it's not starting a restaurant, but maybe it's starting another similar kind of business. And so there's a lot of questions of just how in the hell do you do it? You know, what comes first? Where do I start? Do I write down a business plan? You know, it sounds like, you know, what you're saying is you had that kind of feeling of, uh, I don't know, jealousy or whatever when you're reading this, but it stings inside. I mean, to me, that sounds like, well, you're doing the right thing then. And so I think, you know, following some kind of passion is obviously what you have to have as your foundation. But let's talk about a little more nuts and bolts about what happens next. So you have this idea. Yeah. And so I, you know, I think the very first thing to that we did that was so key was to get uh, our other two business partners. I don't know if I mentioned earlier, my background is in accounting as a CPA. So we've got, you know, Chef John, who, who's obviously got the operations and the chef part down. And then myself, who, who spent some time as a tax accountant, as an auditor, and uh, most recently as a controller. You know, so we need, but the two of us, couldn't do it and we knew by ourselves uh because we didn't we we wanted to have a complete team to to take out to everyone and so um so john had been working with with uh chef joe uh who's our third of fourth business partner and and he his he's obviously a chef as well uh by way of madison wisconsin this is his uh, his, his second trip to Detroit was when he unloaded his car into his new house <laughs> in Detroit. And, and, uh, and then the fourth, the fourth piece of our uh, puzzle was Will. And so uh, Will is a local guy. Uh, he's a, a very talented bartender, and, and he's been a part of a lot of the new restaurants that are opening in Detroit or that opened in Detroit. Um, and so to grab him and have him be willing to take a chance on three guys that he really – didn't know much about is is uh is very key to to where we're going to be with with the restaurant but you know outside of the the four of us i think um you know when 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 we found this space we had no money and uh what i thought i thought i had the restaurant idea in my head and then when i talked to john and joe after our first meeting with our now uh landlord they said are you fucking serious? That is not at all what we wanted to do. And I was like, well, okay. <laughs> so, um, and so really what it was, was once we had the location, um, was sitting down, putting pencil to paper, and writing out, um, our business plan. And, and so we, we look, took a look at, you know, uh, for me, I said, okay, you know, I can crunch the numbers all day. It's what I do for a living, but I think we need to tell the right story and we need to convey the passion that we all have for doing this uh, on paper. And so for us, especially obviously in the restaurant world, it was really through um, telling the story of, of the city, the location and the menu and, and what we were trying to be and why we were going to be different. And then, and then obviously putting the numbers in it. And so, you know, so that, aspect of the business plan because we got to you've got to jump off the page at somebody and then in some instances we were putting this in front of people that review these things on a regular basis and so it was really how do you differentiate yourself and your concept so Um, so you you're you see the location but i mean the location isn't 
and you said it was an old grocery store, right? I mean, this, you don't look at this and think this is going to be a great restaurant, right? I mean, th- this is, and it's in Detroit. So I'm assuming it was run down. No, actually. So the space was actually rehabbed. It was an older building it was built in 1919 or 1920. And the space was actually rehabbed. I think it was in 2006 and it was turned into apartments on the top, which are now condos. And, uh, and on the first floor was this specialty grocery. So we actually, the space, uh, when we, when I went into it for the first time, um, although it didn't look like a restaurant, it was pretty much a blank canvas. It was, uh, aside from a few remaining shelves and some stainless steel, okay. on the wall, it was just, you know, four walls and concrete floors. And so, so it was, it was, a, the, the space is actually going to be divided into, uh, three different, uh, retail. So it's, it was a little bit difficult to kind of get an idea of the size and arguably I still don't really, can't really gauge the size. But, um, like, so, so you're in this place, you have no money and now <laughs> it's time to, to try to, so do you, you come up with a plan you kind of want to tell the story, tell the passion and the goal here is to attract investors, attract yeah. loans. What do you, do you have a number in mind? You don't have to say the number, but you know, how did you frame this in terms of, okay, here we are. We're in the place we want to be. We have no money. How yes. do we get this done? <laughs> yeah. So the first thing we did was we got uh, kind of a handshake agreement that we would get some time to, to get our ducks in a row and make sure that we could make this an opportunity. Cause I didn't want to try to fundraise under the, under the gun. If you want to want to be, um, in a position where we were just chasing, uh, chasing a timeline that wasn't going to work for us. But, um, you know, so we got, we write the, the original, um, and this is <laughs> kind of where my role really teed off here was, we kind of wrote the original plan and then it was like, okay, I said, sat down with John and Joe and I said, what, what's the numbers? What do we need? And, and, and they both just looked at me like, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, we really had to, it really, t- really took us, you know, in, in trying to get two creative minds that don't think like I do to think like I do was an impossible task, despite the fact that, you know, John and I share the same DNA. (laughs) So opposite. So it was, it was difficult. So we did a lot of research. I did a lot of uh, Googling of, you know, different aspects of how much does it cost to do this, that, and the next thing. And so, you know, we really had to sort through what, what costs are going to be covered from our, our lease and then what costs are we going to need? And so we ultimately came to a number, which uh, I will tell you probably changed seven times during the course of, of fundraising. And, and and the first six times that it changed, it was based solely on the fact that we just kept running into roadblocks. It's like, Oh, you know, we're going to, we got somebody that's in for a hundred and then all of a sudden they're out. And then you say, you know, I remember one call that Joe and I had, I was on my way home from work. It was about nine o'clock at night and we had really kind of hit what I thought was rock bottom for fundraising. And we had raised probably uh, two thirds of what we have now. And I'll tell you what we have now is uh, there is not a penny that will go to waste. Uh, We will be, we will be scraping together 
to, to make this happen, but we were about two thirds of the way raised and Joe and I were just so fired up. We're six or eight months into the fundraise and we just, all we wanted to do was make it happen. And so we're just getting fired up on the phone. We're like, there's no fucking way somebody's going to tell us we can't do this. We're going to do this and we'll do it with this amount of money. And it was like, I look at it now and I actually just mentioned it to him about two weeks ago. I said, Joe, there's no way in hell we would have made it that Like we would have been dead in the water immediately. And so, you know, part of the other reason for the changes was things like the liquor license, for example, which we can get into. But I mean, that thing is, you know, 10% of our budget. It's, right. you know, because everybody wants them. And so, and so we eventually you get down to the kind of the number you think you need. And, and so we went out and tried to get equity and we really ran into a handful of stumbling blocks. So, you know, my, uh, my contact base was in real estate. And these guys, real estate guys, you know, they have an appetite for risk when it comes to real estate, but not quite to the to the tune of, of restaurants. And then, you know, John and Joe's contacts were really from the restaurant world, but they were from Chicago. They don't, you know, you don't want to invest in a restaurant in Detroit because you can't go there. Yeah. Um, and yeah. then, you know, we brought Will on board and his contacts were here as well. But then it, you run into, well, I want to have a voting interest or I want this. And it's like, this, this is kind of, we laid everything out crystal clear in the very first business plan we set out. And, uh, you know, we, 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 when I say that we laid out really kind of the terms. Now we ultimately, we were flexible in how we wanted to, uh, structure the equity and bringing in our investors. I won't get too far into the weeds unless you want me to, but really all of our investors are, you know, silent investors and they get a, a, the, the payback is kind of a waterfall. Mm -hmm. And so that waterfall, obviously the more they get paid back, you know, the less they get on a, you know, go forward basis and the more we get. And, uh, but we tweak that waterfall a handful of times because it was like, you talk to somebody and they say they're in for $50,000 and then they say they'd be in for a hundred if you give them a little bit more and you're like, okay, fine, let's do it. <laughs> you know, the first one, uh, how else can, what do you say? You yeah. need money. And, you know, so we, you know, from an investment standpoint, my family, was big. Um, we don't come from family money where that is by no means. I mean, my parents stretched a immense amount to invest what they did into the restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> it was, and, and, you know, my uncle was the same way. Um, and my cousin and, and so, uh, but it's really, you know, we, we, re we, we reached out to family, friends, college buddies. Sure. Well, I think that's, um, you know, I, I think this is a good, a really good example of number one, how long this process takes, but also sticking to your guns as to yeah. what the core structure of the business will be, but recognizing that you need to raise money and yeah. you're going to have to be somewhat flexible. But if you can keep, you know, some of that core, you know, belief of what this was aimed to be because you're not just building a business for tomorrow. This is going to be a business in 15 years. Yeah. Um, and you can't, if you give up things on the front end now, you're going to be kicking yourself down the road. Um, yeah. and so the whole, you'd say the whole time you're trying to raise money a year, roughly you think? Yeah. So we actually, 
Uh, unfortunately, yeah, because we actually had, so we did ultimately, uh, and I, I won't get into too much detail, but ultimately we didn't raise enough equity. I started to go out to financing sources, uh, really no experience in run in owning a restaurant, obviously plenty of experience in running one, um, but not as a group and not, you know, in the city. And so, or really the only way we could turn was to SBA lending. And I can't, you know, the SBA lenders required that we did all of our investors be guarantors. I can't go to, you know, to all of our investors and say, you know, not only do I need, you know, every penny you have extra, but, oh, can you also guarantee the rest of this? Right. And so it wasn't a place to turn. And so fortunately I was introduced to another restaurant owner, uh, actually, Jolly Pumpkin, a brewery, and uh, they're pretty big here. And they introduced me um, to a resource in the city, you know, a warm introduction. And uh, her name is Sue Mosey, and she's the, she is the director of, of Midtown Detroit, Inc., which is kind of all things Midtown. And so she actually was instrumental in helping us uh, make some contacts within um, two different community development funds that lend to restaurants like our startups that are just that have retail funds that are trying to, uh, you know, get put funds to work. Now, both of those guys, when I met with them said, love to do it, can't do as much as you need. And so fortunately through some unique structuring, we were able to get them to split the senior debt. So long story short, we get the senior debt in place. We get a, a loan from our developer for some of our tenant improvements. We get another subordinated loan uh, through a personal connection. That loan falls through based on the terms. And now we have signed a lease, guaranteed the lease, signed an LOI with debt, signed up all of our investors. And now all of a sudden I'm short $50,000. And I'm like, what the hell are we <laughs> And so uh, there's actually a, f a fire alarm at work, which is a perfect uh, <laughs> kind of perfect analogy to what the, what is going on when I found this out. And so uh, so we reopened fundraising. So now we're eight months in, and now I'm completely reopening fundraising to try to replace the fifty. And in the middle of that fundraise, we got our three quotes from our different contractors, and the price came in, and I said, "Holy shit, <laughs> we don't have enough money." And now we need even more. So we, so we reopened the fundraise. Unfortunately, uh, we were able to uh, raise some additional money that we needed, and, and ultimately that completed our, our picture. But you know, the worst part is, and this is where the, you come in. Obviously, we've got all of these legal docs done, everything signed. I've got everything buttoned up, super organized, and then all of a sudden it's like, hey, uh, how about this for a, a quick punch in the gut? Um, and so we had to kind of reopen everything and figure yeah. out where we were going to get it. And, uh, and so fortunately we were able to do it, but you know, it just changed, uh, it just kind of changed. Where it's, a, it's, you know, you can't make this stuff up. You can't predict it. Uh, all you can do is kind of put your head down and keep going. You yeah. know, it, there's yeah. no, there's really no other way to do it, you know, yeah. and it's, it's amazing the obstacles you run into trying to, to start a business or, or running a business. I mean, the amount of time spent on things other than 
you know, making food. It's incredible. I mean, it, yeah. it's an incredible, and obviously you're going to get into that here soon, but the startup process, you know, just to get the money to start this, uh, I mean, obviously restaurants, it's the cliche thing, right? They, whatever, they're the most failed business venture possible. Yeah. <laughs> or that's at least yeah. what you hear. Right. And so when it's, you it's, say, you know, new restaurant in Detroit, yeah, a lot of people, oh, by the way, I've never started one. Um, and I have another job. Yeah. Um, yeah. People are right. going to, it's going to be a tough sell. It's, it's not an easy task. Um, and, you know, you get, um, you know, John and Joe and Will really kind of sell themselves. But, you know, you can, people, people can buy in mentally before they are out there actually yeah. cutting a check. And so, uh, but really, like you said, I mean, it's just, you run into all kinds of different stuff and, um, you know, we had issues with, we had legal issues with the debt related to something un, unrelated to us that took some, that took us for a little bit of a twist and a yeah. turn. And just, well, let's talk about the liquor license briefly. We don't have to yeah. spend a lot of time on it, but I think this is something that's interesting to people is just to how does this all come together? So can you give a, just yeah. a, you know, a quick kind of, here's, me, here's my experience with trying oh. to get a liquor license. Yeah, I'll tell you a great story was, you know, I was really, uh, and maybe shame on me for being ignorant to this, but I, I was just under the assumption, you know, there's not a ton of restaurants in Detroit or really, you know, Wayne County in general and the liquor licenses are by the county. And so I figure, you know, we're here, we are, we're opening up a restaurant. So we, you know, you go to this state and get, pay your, you know, $2,000 and get yourself a liquor license. Well, I was driving in the car, uh, talking to my, uh, my brother and, and another gentleman. <laughs> and it was like, they were like, Oh yeah, you got to find someone that has a liquor license and buy it from them. And by the way, it's not cheap. And I, my heart sank because it's like, here we are again committed to this. And then all of a sudden it's like, if we don't get a liquor license, that's a huge part. Obviously we have a, we have one of our partners is a cocktail, you know, cocktail guy. So it's like, if we don't have a liquor license, we're dead in the water, especially we can't, we're not going to function well as a restaurant without oh, yeah. cocktails, especially, you know, uh, a three minute walk from the Red Wings arena, you know, <laughs> we'd never survive. So what we ended up doing, uh, was I actually sent a message to a gentleman, uh, on Craigslist. Uh, he responded back to me. We met him at a restaurant. He gave us a copy of the liquor license and, uh, we, we had hired an attorney, uh, a, a liquor license attorney. He, vetted it for us, told us it was okay. And then Joe and myself, and at the time, my four-month-old daughter <laughs> drove to Ann Arbor to meet this guy to sign this uh, liquor license in a parking garage. Um, <laughs> cut him a check, and he was a really nice guy. But it was just something, here's something that you would never expect. Like, it, I, I, I was shocked at, at how 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 these liquor license trade hands and broker that we ended up not you know not going with and and so uh, the gentleman that we found it from is a really nice guy he's been very helpful but it, it, it it's a lengthy process so we started we signed the the papers on in october 
and now we're in the end of March here and we still have not heard word if we've gotten approved for it or not. And so we've given to the state, to our uh, MLCC investigator, everything from tax returns, bank statements, social security cards, licenses. And, um, and so one of the things that I've been tasked with was to get this thing done. And so we've got at the time, you know, all these, you know, 10 or 12 investors. And it's like, I got to collect all this from everybody. And it was just, you know, you're making phone calls, you're sending emails, you're going to people's houses. And, and so, um, but it is, it's a, it's a, it's a lengthy process. And it was, the thing was expensive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the liquor, it was expensive. The liquor license process is very strange if you've never been through it before. And then the, the application process and dealing with the liquor control commission is just a very frustrating process because yeah, it's, nothing's it's all that clear. There's kind of like unwritten rules. It feels like, and they hold 100% of the power. And like you said, yeah. you give them, you know, practically your firstborn uh, to make sure, you know, you can hold her on deposit while you do the paperwork. Like there is a ridiculous amount of information you have to give. And if the smallest little things out of line, they could just, deny you so yeah. it's it's a very stressful process i hope so, i hope you can wrap it up soon so one of the things i will say and i'll pat myself on the back here i don't take this as a humble brag i suppose but <laughs> one of the things that was immensely helpful uh for me but but more importantly for the investigator was i came in there and of course my background as an auditor although a very short time in my life impactful uh this thing was a the package that I gave with the proof of funding and all of these documents was so buttoned up and I had every piece of information that she was going to need and it was perfectly organized. And, and so my goal was, you know, if I drag my feet on this thing and give her, you know, mm. documents that are just not in good order, it's just going to take even longer. And so, uh, her investigation, we met with her on a, Tuesday, I think. And, uh, by Friday, she had all of the information that she needed. She had a few follow-up questions and, um, and we were done. And so, but yeah. you know, we're still waiting. We're yeah. just, that was the beginning of February and now we're, we're still waiting. And then, you know, so I say that it was nerve wracking time, but really it still I, is, <laughs> it still is. I still could get <laughs> denied. And then all of a sudden, now I've got, you know, construction underway. Now I'm definitely up a creek. Yeah, I'm sure it'll work out. I, yeah. I, I think it will. And hopefully, hopefully you hear back soon. So why don't you give us an idea of what, um, what you guys are doing? I, I see you are on like a pop-up tour right now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So one of the things, um, with John and Joe that we talked about when they moved back was we wanted to give people an idea of what we were doing and what their style was and not maybe not necessarily what the, exactly the restaurant's going to be, um, but more just kind of who we are and what we're all about. So we started what we call the ghost tour and we're, we've done we're, we're going to be doing our fifth one here in April. And so we've done every month. Um, sometimes we're allowed to bring in Will and showcase his talents uh, with the liquor. Sometimes we aren't because of, liquor license constraints, but, um, each dinner has kind of has, has focused around a different animal. So we've done the, the cow, the chicken, 
the pig and uh, most recently the lamb. And these have been, you know, between five and seven courses. Everybody eats the same thing. Sometimes we have two seatings, fluid seating all night or one seating. And But what it's given us is a little bit of buzz about our restaurant. And, and most importantly, we've had a lot of people that have have come to, to one and, and, and then come to the next one. And I think uh, we've had, we've got a couple of people that have been to all of them, but it really has given us uh, a way to get into the, to the community and sure. part of that. But, but also one of the most unique things about Detroit and, and this restaurant scene, at least unique to me is we've collaborated with so many restaurants and and when i say collaborate i mean like they've let us come in and cook in the in the kitchen or order food through them right and so, um you know it's really kind of a family environment and so uh so it's been a great way to to introduce you know i i've been to a bunch of restaurants i have an open one uh you know that's not my background and so it's nice for me to get introduced to everybody and then john and joe obviously have been in the industry forever but they don't know anyone here and then will knows everyone and so he gives us the uh, the foray into meeting other people that's great so where do you have one um scheduled for april yet yeah we've got one scheduled in uh on april 15th which is a friday we're going to do a seafood one which i guess is straying from our meat centric uh theme but we're actually doing it at the Great Lakes Culinary Center, which is in Southfield. Um, but they, John and Joe and I actually went to a breakfast uh, there about uh, two months ago. And uh, it, we they had this incredible kitchen and then we ended up talking with one of the uh one of the reps there and it turned out that these guys uh sell restaurant equipment and so we actually yeah so we actually are now buying our restaurant equipment through them and uh and so they said you know come on in and do a pop-up here and and so uh so we're excited they have a cool space their kitchen is like to die for uh if you if you geek out on that stuff like john and joe do uh but um but yeah, so we're really excited to get in there and they've got a big venue. It's kind of more along the lines of like a like a, a wedding venue. So we'll be able to do hundred and fifty people if if that's what we need. Um cool. so yeah, so we're we're selling that right now. So where can people buy those tickets? So you can check out uh our website, which is uh greyghostdetroit.com uh G R E Y. Uh and uh, and there's some instructions on there, but ultimately uh, you send an email with how many guests you have to uh, reservations at greyghostdetroit.com. And uh, and I know the guy who, who responds to you; he's very prompt, <laughs> <laughs> and and he will send you a bill before you ever even close out your email. All right, yeah, so, that's that's the way you gotta do it. Yeah, so it's hot. So how how much is it for? This uh, one is seventy. So okay. that doesn't include drinks, but that's all in. And we, so we collect beforehand because, well, two reasons. One, we don't have any working capital. So, sure. <laughs> and then two, uh, it's a way for us to make sure we know who's coming in. You know, we don't have a kitchen, so we've got to figure out how many guests are coming in and where we can prep this and, oh, yeah. and how much sense. we need. Cause we can't, uh, we can't just go back to a fridge and pull out, um, you know, another leg of lamb. It just doesn't <laughs> work that way. So, um, 
so yeah, we'd love for uh, for anyone that's listening to to come out and check us out. Well, that's great. I think um, I think I'll be able to make that one. Hopefully, that, that would be fantastic. Yeah, we'll, love we owe you a meal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I need to get back to to the east side. My mom is uh, wants to see my kids. Yeah, I was gonna say ready. Yeah, yeah. My my uh, two month old now, and he's doing doing great he is sleeping in the room right next to me right now so hopefully we're not waking him up he's been quiet i'm actually <laughs> well dave this has been great i think um it's a cool story i mean it, it's just it's inspiring to see just to hear the story of starting with nothing right starting with an idea and in a grocery store and yeah. now you're um hopefully close to having a liquor <laughs> license and you know on to your fourth or fifth pop-up and and hopefully do you have an idea of uh opening in so michigan in detroit construction is supposed to be done at the end of june we of course have already hit a couple of snags but i think we can bounce back from them um and so we're hoping uh july sometime yeah. in july i won't pin myself to a week in july but yeah i'm hoping by the end of july we are a fully function we've got a uh 300 square foot patio that needs to see the light of summer before the winter, before the winter comes and I'm paying rent on dead space out there. Definitely. Yeah. You got to get open for the summer and get people yeah. drinking and eating out there. That's right. um, I have no doubt it'll be packed. So greyghostdetroit.com. I'm sure Facebook, Facebook, um, Instagram, Twitter, our PR would be upset if I didn't mention those. Thanks, Eric. Yes. That. Yeah. All, all social media and, uh, and when there's content, we update it, even if it's photos of concrete floors with uh, a <laughs> vapor barrier down on it. It's still something. Well, cool, man. Thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. I think the Thank story you. is great. Um, you know, uh, you can find us on, on iTunes. can subscribe, revisionlegal.com. You know, drop us a line on Facebook or contact at Revision Legal. Let us know of anything else you guys want to hear about and uh, or any other questions you have about starting a business. And good luck. I can't wait to try it. Thanks. We uh, will be excited to have you out. Yeah. I'm, I'm, when's the Wings Stadium open? Now that for- one's slated for September of 2017. Oh, that's going to be fantastic. Yeah. they. Uh, hopefully they're on track. We actually got delayed last week because uh, all of the cement trucks were pouring the cement at the stadium. That's going to work out so well. <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're, <laughs> although it delayed us, we're excited. So they stay on track. We'll get the new, yeah. the new M1 rail coming up right next to us. And so we're ready to, That's awesome. we're ready to be a part of it. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's wrap this up and uh, we'll be in touch soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Eric. Thanks. Mm-hmm.